We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I think you all know me. I'm Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. I'm going to be solo for a little while today. I gave Ryan a little bit of the day off. He's in Chicago today, and he really wanted to go to Cubs game. It's kind of a bucket item list for him, so let him go to that game. And so I'm just going to kind of do a little solo here for a while. Eventually, Sean Davis is going to join me to talk about some of the the big games this weekend, we're going to preview those as well, make predictions for those. So we're going to do a few things today. We're going to obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about just kind of what this game means for Notre Dame. I think it is an important game for Notre Dame. It's not so much the opponent per se, it just there's other aspects to it that go beyond Marshall that we're going to talk about today. Make our, I'll give you all my, my game prediction, kind of why I predicted the game the way that I did. And I'll kind of let you know what the other Irish Breakdown staff members predicted. And then we'll dive into, uh, we'll kind of preview Texas, Alabama. We're going to talk Florida, Kentucky, Tennessee, Pitt, and BYU, Baylor. May talk a little bit about USC, Stanford, because that is Sean's upset pick of the week. Sean, if you're a member of the message board, Sean Davis picked the, his upset of the week to be USC going down to Stanford. So we had that on the board as well. And for a reminder for all of you that are going to be at the game tomorrow, we're hoping to be set up in the stadium reserve lot, which is kind of right there in front of the stadium by 10 a.m. So we'll have food, drinks, all that kind of good stuff uh, ready to rock and roll for you. So uh, it's going to be a fun day. So we'll get around 10 o'clock. I'll, I'll tweet out and put on the message board just specifically where we are, but I'd love to meet all of you. We're going to have a lot of food. We're going to buy food for at least, probably at least 100 people. So uh, based on the response we've gotten on who's going to be there. So just swing by at any time. You can bring wife, girlfriend, husband, kids, whoever you're with, just bring them all by. And so it's a chance for people to meet. I've actually had somebody ask this and I never even thought to answer this, but somebody asked if it was free and if there was a charge. And of course it's free. We would love to meet all of you. You all spend your time. Some of you spend your hard-earned money supporting Irish Breakdown. Everybody spends their time supporting Irish Breakdown. This is the least we can do on top of providing you with the best content we can. So we're just looking forward to meeting all of you. Sean Davis will be there at some point in time. Vince will be coming after the show. 
Ryan will be there with his dad and family. My parents will be there. My wife will be around at some point. She's going to do some photography tomorrow at the game. So it's going to be a fun, fun day. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So let's talk Notre Dame Marshall. And we're going to talk about just what this, what's it, what this game means. What's at stake for Notre Dame? And and then get into the prediction and and look, it's easy it's easy to look at a team like Marshall and say, Sun Belt team, Notre Dame should win by fifty. That team's not any good, and kind of focus on that. And and I have a couple responses to that. Number one is I think you're selling Marshall short. Now is this a game that Notre Dame should win convincingly? Yeah, it should. But it's an it's a it's a game that they would have to earn a convincing win. This is not a team you just roll the ball out and beat them by forty. This isn't New Mexico. This isn't Bowling Green. This isn't Miami of Ohio. It's not that kind of team. It's not what UNLV will be at the at at some point in time this year. This is more of of a Toledo team, right? And a better version of Toledo, in my opinion. They're bigger than Toledo. They're every bit as athletic, if not a little bit more so than Toledo. Certainly bigger than Toledo, and a team that's really filled with a lot of talent. So. It's a game where if and – and here's why it matters, and, and and here's where I'm coming from on it because I think this needs to be explained because I think some people look at that as, well, you're just – you're kind of setting up uh, excuses if they don't play well. Not at all. Uh, if Notre Dame plays like they did against Toledo, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to have some very pleasant things to say after the game. If they win by 14 and it's just a sloppy game, I'm not going to have pleasant things to say after the game. The reason I think it's important to understand that this is a quality program and why I pushed back on Vince this summer when he was talking about it is if if Notre Dame does blow Marshall out, it needs to be respected and recognized as that's what really good teams do to quality group of five teams. And it will be earned. And they will have to, they will have to, as, as Michael Hahn just said, they got to bring it. You know, Notre Dame's going to have to bring it. They're not just going to roll the balls out. So I think, obviously, that's an important thing. We're going to learn a lot, to me, about the resiliency and character of this football team. And that's really what it means to me is Notre Dame cannot play well and still beat Marshall. 
They did it to Toledo last year. Notre Dame played terrible against Toledo. Blown plays, pick sixes before the half, questionable calls. Uh, just, I mean, so many things went wrong in that game. And yet Notre Dame still won in, in the end. And But it's it's not about winning to me. It's about what is your team showing us from a character standpoint? Are you bouncing back emotionally from the loss last week? Were you able to focus in and say, hey, look, here's what we didn't do well. Let's do better here. Uh, players taking accountability for the things that they did or didn't do. Uh, coaches taking accountability for the things that they did, did or didn't do, which is what you should always do after a loss. And saying, hey, look, we've got to be better. And, and you learn a lot about your leadership from a player standpoint, but you also learn a lot about your football team from a, a, a coaching standpoint. And this is these are the times when when friction can be can be created in a football program with if the coaches are all about you guys didn't do this, you guys didn't do that. And, you know, that's just that's just that's been the kind of the case at times in the past. And that's where that friction can come in or coaches are willing to say, hey, look, I didn't do my job well enough and you didn't do your job well enough. And we have to go fix this thing and go out and, and play Notre Dame football. And that's what you want to see. Those are the things you have to learn. And that's an important part of this that maybe we're not talking enough about in this game because we are focused on, well, it's not a very good opponent. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I agree to disagree. This is a quality opponent. There are worse teams in the schedule than Marshall, I can assure you. But also appreciating the quality of the win, but also what a convincing win would mean about this team or what a not convincing win would mean about this team. And it would it would be a concern for me. And it's not so much about the execution. Execution in game two is still going to be a little bit not where it's going to be in a month and then in two months. It's more about the energy. It's about the emotion. It's about the fight. It's about the edge that you do or don't play with. Like if, if they come out and play hard, but you know they're just off on a couple plays here, or guy stops his feet there, quarterback misses here, receiver drops there, you know, blown assignment here. Those things are troubling and, and from the standpoint of you got to fix them, but they're not things that tell me this is a football team that lacks the, the character to be a great team. Because to be a great team, there is a level of character as a football team that you need. You're going to be tested. Go back to the 2019 team, LSU team, phenomenal team, destroyed almost everybody. They didn't destroy Texas. They had to battle for 60 minutes to, to, to beat Texas. They showed resiliency. They didn't play well against Auburn. And, and Auburn, they only beat Auburn by three, but they showed resiliency. G get a big lead at Alabama. Alabama comes rolling back. And instead of kind of letting that train just keep rolling, guys step up and said, hey, we're going to step up and make plays and we're going to put this thing away. And those are the things that you can learn about your football team in game, in any type of game. And I think it's especially true in a game like this because of the fact it's Marshall and it's not, you know, some Clemson coming to town the next week. So, you know, those are the things that, that you look for and say, this is how you learn about what, what kind of football team that you are. And, and, and so that's what I want to see about this team. And that's why this game is important to me. There's a little bit more importance to it as well, and that is that Marcus Freeman is still looking for his first win. And honestly, it's not really something where I felt like when when you know he took over, you look at a bowl game, and then they start the game off the road. You're you're not really thinking he's going to really have a chance to to get his first win in Notre Dame Stadium. But I do think that's important, 
And it's kind of like with anything. It, it's, you know, you talk about when a football player jumps in and get that first tackle out of the way or that first run out of the way or that first block out of the way or whatever the case may be, it, it, you, you look at it and say, hey, Kay, you got this out of there. You, you got that monkey off your back. It's, it's baseball. It's your first hit or whatever the case may be. Uh, and, and, you know, it's like I think baseball is a great analogy because it's one of those things where we all follow. I mean, anyone that follows baseball knows it's like a guy, kid comes up from the minor leagues. He's a big time prospect joins the major league team and he starts off 0 for 3 in the first game and then he's 0 for 4 the next game and then all of a sudden he starts putting more and more pressure on himself to go out there and get that first hit well that kind of can happen to a football team when you're trying to get your first win or whatever the case may be and and that's where this team is I think so when you look at it I do think getting that first win for Marcus Freeman and Marcus Freeman getting his first win as a coach is going to be one of those things that kind of say okay guys we got that over with now let's focus on building our football team the way that we are going to build our football team. So I think that's a very important piece to this uh, that that also is, you know, I just think it's just another aspect and another layer to this game that, that matters that is beyond the opponent. And then the final thing for me, as we're joined by Sean Davis, our recruiting analyst, Sean, the final point for me beyond just the character and resiliency of your team, getting that first win for Coach Freeman – at some point in this game, it is imperative that the Notre Dame offense start doing things to gain confidence because th- this is this is not an offense to me that played like it had confidence on on Saturday against Ohio State. It, it did not play like an offense that says, "Hey, I, give me the ball in this situation. I'm going to go make this play." We saw that in the second half of the Oklahoma State game, and you say, "Okay, well, that's just a bowl game," but then it kind of looked that way against Ohio State as well. I thought they came out confidently to a degree early, but that kind of once Ohio State went on top, you could just see everybody kind of pressing. And there just wasn't that confidence that, hey, we're going to come out, we're going to make this play. So I think the third piece uh, of this conversation in regard to what is at stake in this game beyond just a a W in the win column over a, a group of five team is I think that's important because the longer this offense struggles to really get going, the more doubt creeps into your mind. So it's not just what I mentioned before about, you know, getting that first win from Marcus Freeman. The same thing is true of the offense. The more that they don't finally get rolling and playing to their potential, the more they press, the more doubt kind of creeps into their minds. So even before we get into predictions, I think those three areas, Sean, are very important about this game and are things that are going to tell us a lot about the heart, the soul, and the character of this Notre Dame football team and Marcus Freeman's ability to get that out of his football team. No, that was a great reference by you, a great analogy with the youngster coming up from the minors and, and just trying to get that first hit. You know, I think Robin Ventura, Sox fans are in the chat. They remember, you know, great career with the White Sox at third base. I think he started out old for his first 31 or something like that. And it was like once he got that first hit, the rest was history. He became he became the legendary third baseman that all White Sox fans love. So I think there is a sense of anxiety that Marcus Freeman and his players will be feeling because I think his players recognize as much as they love Marcus Freeman. I think they recognize that right about now he sits at 0-2 as a head coach, even though technically it doesn't go under his record. Uh, with him coaching Brian Kelly's team or finishing off the season. But I think they want to get off the snide. I really do. 
And with that being said, you know, do you lean on that and the anxiousness and the anxiety being evident at the beginning of the game? Or do you lean on what we've seen the previous two games is that this team has gotten off to a fast start Mm -hmm. or been very competitive, even if they didn't score the same amount of points against Ohio State as they did against Oklahoma State early you saw them come out and compete at a high level and they weren't flat. Right. And and that is, I I tend to lean that way. And I think Jared Patterson coming back will be a boost Mm -hmm. from a leadership standpoint. And he was a leader there on the sideline, but it's totally different when he's on the field and in the huddle. And Marcus Freeman, you know, just talking to the media saying, yo, I fully expect, us to throw the ball around and, you know, take chances at big plays a little bit more. And that might be upsetting to some people in the fan base looking back to last week saying, well, heck, what what the heck was that last week? That's when we really needed it. But, you know, I, I fully expect this team to come out. And I don't think – I'm not so caught up on the first drive, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because there's another team on the field. That's going to come out fired up, right? So I'm not really caught up on the first drive. And, Sean, we've talked all week. That's the best side of their team this year is the defensive side. That's their good side this year. So, but I do expect to see certain things by the end, middle of the first quarter to see and show me that Notre Dame is starting to put a, you know, a stranglehold on the game at large. So, Sean, let's kind of dive into, we, you know, we've talked about sort of what's at stake. And, yeah. and I do think there's a lot of stake because, again, what do we always say? It's not about the other team. Right. It's about Notre Dame. Yeah. It's not about Marshall. And so you can always learn something about your football team when you're playing these type of teams. And that's what matters to me is we're going to learn something about Notre Dame tomorrow. Does it mean, okay, the way they play tomorrow means, up oh, Clemson, you better watch out. No. It's about building to Cal, and then Cal is building to Carolina, and Carolina is building towards BYU, and so on. That's how you build a football team. And and so that's what we're going to learn about this team tomorrow. So I, I'm very curious to see how they're going to go. And the thing is, too, Sean, is we are still so new into the Marcus Freeman tenure. A lot of the stuff we don't know. Like we even something as simple as like yesterday we were talking about like, okay, how does Al Golden going to be able to put a game plan in when he only has a week compared to yeah. an entire offseason? We, we yeah. don't know the answer to that. It's not that I'm concerned about it. I just haven't seen it. Yeah. You know, so uh, yeah. how is this? There's just so much of this, and that's what that's what's kind of, for me, kind of fun about covering this team is because we are learning so much about it. You know, for 12 years, it was just like after a few years, like, okay, this is just who Brian Kelly is. Good, The good parts, the not good parts. I mean, it's this is who Nick Saban is, the good parts, the not good parts. I mean, you learn. It just – it's just how it is. The, the fun thing about this is after covering a different coach for 12 years, and this is not at all a shot at him. It could have been Lou Holtz the last 12 years. It's just – the point is it's something new, yeah. and, and you're still learning, you know, and – learning what he's capable of or where his areas of growth are, where the strengths are. We're still learning those things as a head coach, and that's what makes it fun, and that's another part of what we're going to learn tomorrow. And it is going to be kind of cool to see him running out tomorrow as kind of the head coach leading the team out. haven't really seen that in Notre Dame Stadium since 2009 with somebody other than Brian Kelly leading a team out. So uh, it's all going to be fun to me. It's all going to be fun. And for those at the game tomorrow, this right here, I definitely want to see this. If somebody tells you to sit down, you tell them to sit down, right? And or you tell them to stand up or whatever. You tell them you're not going to sit down. So 
I want to see Notre Dame Stadium uh, with a lot of energy. I want to see the tailgate with a lot of energy. I'm very curious to see sort of how people are going to be tomorrow because of the loss last week. I hope people are still excited and encouraged. I want to see people fired up. I want to see people cheering. I want to see it loud. I don't want to see it quiet at kickoff. I want I want it excited. I want because here's the deal. There are things Notre Dame can do to create a better home environment, play better opponents and all that other kind of stuff. But at the same time, at the end of the day, it's up to us. It's up to, well, I can't because I won't be in the stands. I'll be somewhere where I'm not allowed to cheer. But for fans, it's like, it's up to you to be loud. It's up to you to determine, I don't care who the opponent is. We're Notre Dame and we're going to be loud for our team no matter no matter who the opponent is. And so I'm very curious to see if the Notre Dame fans can live up to that tomorrow. Uh, I have my question marks. I have my question marks, but we're going to find out if they are or are not able to live up to that standard. So, Sean, let's talk predictions because we made some. We made yeah. our predictions, and you can find all of the staff's predictions at irishbreakdown.com. We uh, we all made predictions. We obviously not a shocker. We all picked Notre Dame to win this game. Some of us by larger margins than others. Uh, but you know, I think Sean. To me, when I look at this game. I just I, I looked at it from a standpoint of I think you made a comment earlier. I made a prediction. We both picked Notre Dame to win. I, I predicted that Notre Dame would win this game uh, thirty-four to thirteen, just in an incredibly wide margin. It does cover the spread, mm-hmm. but I kind of looked at it from what like kind of like you were alluding to this earlier. I don't necessarily anticipate the offense coming out rocking and rolling right away. I hope it does, but. You, there's a lot this team needs to get better at, right? So I kind of look at it as they're going to come out and play hard, but maybe have a couple misses, a couple mistakes, but they're going to eventually get rolling in the first half, and I think it's going to be convincing. And then my 34-13 also includes, I think Marshall's going to score a touchdown late. I I, I do think, barring this, the, the defense having an emotional letdown, I, I think this defense is going to shut Marshall down. I, I'm not impressed with their quarterback. I think their offensive line, if, if the Notre Dame defensive line can't dominate this game, it's going to be a long year. It's going to be a really long year. And, uh, you know, so it's a big week for Al Washington, too. We're not talking a lot about that. We're talking about Marcus Freeman, but Al Washington's unit was expected to be arguably the best part of this football team, and they did not show up and play like that on Saturday against Ohio State. So I went 34-13 with a late score by Marshall, but Notre Dame still covers. We'll dive into specifically why we picked that afterwards, but just kind of, Sean, just your prediction and then just a little bit about what went into that prediction. Yeah, let's just set it, and I agree with you, you know, about the start not being as fast as we would want or Notre Dame would want. My prediction was 44-17, covering the spread as well. I also have Marshall scoring some points late, but I, I look for a couple of contributions in the scoring tally from the defense. That was for me. I think they played well, and I think they take it to the next level and get turnovers this week mm-hmm. that lead to points. So, I'll say this, Sean. If Notre Dame can force some turnovers, I could see this thing really getting ugly. The reason I say that is, is because I think like there's two ways that an offense can gain confidence. One is they go down and score the, I'll say if Notre Dame goes down and scores in the first drive of the game, I feel like, okay, it's going to, it's okay. This is going to be a fun day. Yeah. Uh, I'm not anticipating that, but if like the defense gets a couple early turnovers, especially if one of them turns into points, 
then I do think it'll end up looking like New Mexico because I, it's like, if, cause then the offense is like, Hey guys, we don't have to do this all by ourselves. Yeah. Just calm down, play loose, go do your thing. Defense has our back, right? We're going to be all right. Let's go do this thing. Uh, so yeah, I could see something like that, Sean. And, and so it, it is going to be interesting. You know, I think this, the, the, the start is going to be very telling about this team and, and I'm not predicting it, but if we see it, it's going to tell me a lot about this team to kind of come out and, and kind of roll back from last year, last week's loss and just come out and play with a little bit of fire and execution. Cause I expect the fire, even if they don't score early, a lot early, you know, if they don't have 21 points in the first quarter, it doesn't mean you're not playing with fire. It just means your execution still needs to get better. Right. So I, I think they're going to come out and play hard. It's just, what's the level of execution going to be? I think that's the bigger question for me. And that's partly why I had it a little bit closer than like some of the other scores, Sean, like I'll just give everybody the, the rest of the staff's predictions. Uh, Vince went 52 to 17. Uh, Sean Styers went 48 to six. Uh, Andrew McDonough went 48 to 20. And then Ryan just went insane and went 55 to six. Like he went full, like destruction. Right. Uh, you know, I hope that's the case. And if that's the case, I'll say this: if that's the case, this is this is going to tell us a lot about this team. But yeah. I could I could see Sean, and, and I get your thoughts on this. I could see the defense taking a little bit of a step back this week. Not so much from a uh, just from a focus standpoint, you know, just maybe an assignment standpoint, just because they did put so much into stopping Ohio State last week that maybe they have a couple lack, you know, missed assignments or you know plays like that. I I. I wouldn't be completely shocked if we saw something like that this week. You know, of course, there are a lot of things that can happen. That's why they play the games, and that's why it's college football. But for me, I went the route of 44-17 because I just really am looking forward to, and it's something you touched on, that's going to be one of the funnest parts. And I've been asking all week, I'm just really, I wonder how Al Golden is going to approach a quarterback that's making his second start on this big stage. This is not Norfolk State. This is Notre Dame Stadium, national TV. Like, yo, how does he attack them? Does he sit back or does he go after them early on and try to get them outside of that game? Because they're speed and tempo, but they want to run the ball with those two running backs. Right. And, and throw quick game. And throw and, quick game and all right. of that. So it's like. Right. How does Al Golden? I'm, I'm interested in how he attacks them. Yeah, early on, like yeah. do you run blitz, get them behind the sticks, yeah, and then say, okay, it's going to be interesting. Because if you look at if you look at Henry Columbia, I mean, he was that way at Texas Tech too. If you yeah. could pressure him, he's going to make mistakes. Yeah, you know, and and it wasn't so much about the environment with him; it was about the pressure. You know, he's played at Texas and Oklahoma and places like that before, but he played it at Texas Tech where, you know, it's just, it's just a different animal, yeah. you know, but now he's the guy. He was coming off the bench in both of those games, you know, that, that those seasons. He didn't start those seasons as a starting quarterback. Now he's the guy. Yeah. And he's not a guy with a big arm, as we as we broke down in the last couple of days. He's a really accurate kid, good decision maker. So do you let him get into an early rhythm? of getting the ball out quickly and hitting the hitches and the slides. And then they build confidence. You say, hey, look, you can't throw the ball to downfield on us. And if you, if you think you can, your offensive line is not going to have enough time to protect down the field on us. So we're going to come out and be aggressive. That's what I'm hoping we see because 
it's like Marcus, what's what's the one word Marcus Freeman's probably used more than any other this week in this press conferences? Aggressive. Yes. Okay, well, we heard the words and and I believe them, but now we need to see it. Right. And it can't just be the offense, it can't just be special teams, it's gotta be the defense too. And part of that is, you know, being aggressive with your coverages, you know, still doing things in disguise, you know, maybe you play off and then jump at the snap, you know, because, I mean, you saw it in the Marshall game. Or no, which game was it? Uh, I'm trying to think of which game I was watching last night where a corner – no, it's the Marshall game last year against Norfolk State where yeah. the guy's playing off and at the snap he just flies downhill and jumps in front of a hitch pass. Like, yeah, oh, okay. that's uh, Micah, Micah Abraham, uh, yeah. Donnie Abraham's son. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know he was Donnie Abraham's son. Oh, yeah. that, yeah. all t- they're both of their corners are got some NFL bloodlines then. Yeah. You know, it's Stephen yeah. Gilmore being Stephon Gilmore's cause, uh, son or yeah. brother, excuse me. So, yeah, Stephen Gil- Stephon Gilmore, he's not that old. <laughs> he's got a kid playing college football. Uh, younger brother, excuse me. But, I mean, th- those are things that you want to see. That's aggressive. You know, yeah. be aggressive in the boundary and and – you know, not not that I, I'm not saying be aggressive like blitz seven every play. That's not aggressive to me. But having Isaiah Foskey attacking, you know, making calls up front to let your turn your line loose. I'm curious to see how he's going to be this week. Or does he take sort of a well, we're playing a team that's not that good. Let's not give him a chance to rip off a big play and, and a little bit more passive. I, I hope we don't see that. To be honest with you, I want to see an aggressive game plan in all phases of the game, not just special teams, like Coach Freeman said, and offense, like Coach Freeman said. I want to see a defense too because uh, you know, look the defense right now is has it's been for several years is right now the best part of this football team. Yeah. So set the tone, right? Set the set the tone. If you if you win the toss and you defer and you start on defense, then set the tone. Go right after them. Right. You know, and and that's how you get to what you said, Sean, of a couple turnovers. You're not going to get a couple. You're going to get turnovers if you're just sitting off and let them catch unless Marshall just stinks and they put the ball on the ground a ton. I mean, this is the yeah. team that turned the ball over a lot last year, and their new quarterback's a guy that. The last two years is at a pretty high, you know, interception rate when you talk about a per pass basis. So I want to see them be aggressive. And, and again, it's all part of setting the tone of who this football team is going to be. You know, uh, you're playing an inferior opponent. So let them know yeah. that they're inferior and blow them out in the first two quarters. Yeah. And then you can spend the whole second half with Junior in the game and you can get Tyson Ford in the game or Josh Burnham in the game, Jalen Sneed in the game. And and then if they score a little bit, okay, fine. It is what it is. You've already got a big lead. That's what I want to see, and it, it's got to be all phases of the game because the defense tomorrow, the defense and the offensive line need to be the tone setters. And if they're not, then I'm gonna I'm gonna get back to being a little bit concerned. To be completely honest with you about about the soul of this football, this particular 2022 football team. Yeah, and we're looking for things, and we're looking at the scoreboard. But more than that, you know. My, my dad used to tell me, you know, did you learn anything mm-hmm. when I made a mistake? Like, because if you learn something, I don't have to worry about you making the same mistake. And this is going to be a week in a game, a weekend in a game to see if Notre Dame has learned anything. Mm-hmm. Like, Marshall's going to come in with a smaller front and move around mm-hmm. and stunt and yeah. blitz off the stunts. And they're going to make you prove that you have gotten better at picking up those movements. Right. Why, why would a team not do that? To not? Like yeah, if absolutely. you aren't doing that and pressing Notre Dame's corners, then you just don't know what you're doing. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. I'm sorry. You and if Notre Dame doesn't, isn't prepared for that, I'm going to have major concerns about, 
about this offense. And I expect them to. I'm not yeah. saying that they're not going to. I expect yeah. them to have, be prepared for that. But if they're not for some reason or don't have answers, we're going to we're gonna be having a very interesting conversation next week. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And and uh, Sean may have to just pull over and uh, get on the get on the postgame show on his way home from the game tomorrow. Uh, if it's a problem like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm, I got something to say. Like I'm right gonna be sitting in my basement. All of a sudden, Sean's gonna come down the stairs, just like shove me out of the way. Like I got some stuff I gotta say right now, Drisk. So step aside. I got this. Uh, we're yeah. gonna be all right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And offense, I mean, defensively, look, yeah. are you going to get after the quarterback? Right. Have you learned? Stop wrestling with people. Make a right. move. Right. Either right. go around them with a speed rush or go inside and, and rip and get to the quarterback. But this dancing, like you're waltzing with tackles and waltzing with offensive linemen, we can't have that. Yeah. We can't have that. Short passing game. That's what they're going to employ. Yeah. And Guess run what, game. linebackers? Run, quick you game. You got to tackle. Run, you run and tackle. quick game. Run, Absolutely. quick game. Run, Absolutely. quick game. That's who they are. That's it. They attempted one pass last week over 20 yards. If they weren't willing to do that against Norfolk State, right? I mean, you know, there's a reason for that, Sean. And it, it, it's, it is very, it's very interesting. It's, it's very telling, like you said, about this. And here's the other thing, too. Talk about learning something. Some of those cats on the D line got a little bit humbled last week, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Isaiah Foskey came in the offseason talking about we're gonna we want I came back to win a national championship. Okay, well, you, you're on a big stage and a chance to do that, and and you didn't you got outplayed, right? You, you know, Jason Adamiola, we're the baddest mo mfers you know in college football. Okay, well, if you're gonna say that, you you got to back that. it up. Riley Mills talking about this week, you know, how he thinks his defense can be, you know, elite. And all. Okay, cool. But you, you got to go show me something. I mean, they've all right. had some words to say, and I like that. I, I don't, I, I'm not calling those guys out. I'm not saying, oh, you know, you guys maybe keep your mouth shut next time. No, I, I want you to keep talking like that, but I just want you to go back it up, <laughs> you know? And that's my thing is, is, is I'm not one of those people who's just like, you know, I, I just, you know, hey, we're just out here to do our best. No, screw that. Be yourself. Yeah. And if you're someone who feels like I'm the baddest dude out here and you want to tell people that, that's cool. But you better go out and show it. Yeah, you better go, go back it, it up. Absolutely. And, and that's my thing is, is that unit to me tomorrow, Sean, if they don't play ticked off, um, we're going to have some serious conversations after this because you guys have run your mouths a lot. And again, I'm okay with that. If I was playing at Notre Dame when I was 18, 19, 20, you better darn sure believe 
social media would have talked a lot about the things that I was saying because that's just how I was. I, I'm okay with that, but you better go back it up. And that's that kind of goes back to what you've been saying really since we started talking about this prediction today is the turnovers. Yeah. Well, where's that going to start? It has to start up front. And I and I have a feeling that's what you're envisioning too is the defensive line just coming out and harassing Marshall. It may be a pick six by a corner, but it's going to be because the quarterback was was you know pulling a popkey from unnecessary roughness like blow the whistle, blow the whistle, just throwing the ball away, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he doesn't want to get hit. And that's what I want to see. It's got to start up front. And, and you know, that was dude, expected to be the strength of this team, man. And it wasn't last week. Yeah, do to others as they do unto you. That's not the exact quote, but I switched it up for this purpose. <laughs> if everybody else is going to take away your left hand and force mm-hmm. you to play right-handed, then do the same thing to them. Right. If they love the short passing game, then bring your DBs up, take it away, bump them, knock off the timing, and shut down the run game. Mm-hmm. And if they catch the ball, get them on the ground immediately. Yep. Go to the next play. That's how we play, aggressive. Safeties creep up. Like, yo, we're fast enough to run with you. We're getting involved in this this mid-range game, taking that away, and we're going to take away the run game. We're going to be nosy. We're going to come downhill, get you behind the sticks, and force you to go to third and long, and then we're going to come after Columbia. That's what we're going to do. We're going to create havoc and turnovers. We dare you to beat us. The yep. same attitude Ohio State had with you, have the same attitude. Right. We dare you to throw the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, that end of the day, that's that's the biggest thing that I want to see from this team. And it's not even a prediction, Sean. I need to see it. I'm not, I'm not predicting it. I need to see it, right? I need to see this mm-hmm. team play, fly around to the ball, play hard. And, and that's not a question for me. I think they did play hard last week. At no point in time did I question, boy, this team, like you and I were talking earlier today uh, before the show, and it was like that team came, That team was ready to play against Ohio State. Yeah. They weren't – the environment didn't get to them. The moment didn't get to them. It, it wasn't any of those things. It was we didn't execute well. We didn't play with the necessary technique. And and I was talking to a buddy last night, and he was like, you know, uh, the, the game plan against Ohio State was a mistake. And I said, okay, I understand. And to a degree, I don't disagree with you. I wanted to see a more aggressiveness. But but the thing I said to him is, even though we somewhat agree, the reality is you had three plays in the second half that were designed and and carried out in a way that if you just hit it, it's a it's a touchdown. I mean, if if the if they can protect Tyler Buckner and Tyler Buckner is able to put that ball on Lorenzo Styles, it's 17 to 7. Not too many series in the third quarter. I believe it was still, I'd have to go look, but I believe it was still 10 7. And they ran a similar play this time with Braden Lindsay, and he smoked a dude. But what happened is Tyler never got to, he got to the top of his drop and he was hit. He was hit. So my point is, I even convert. with that problem, yeah. you still had a chance to be up two, three scores on Ohio State before they got rolling. And, and to me, that's frustrating as heck. But also encouraging because if this team does start executing and does start hitting those plays, even with the game plan I didn't like, they should have beat Ohio State. Even with the game plan I didn't like, and so I that there was there's no moral victories from last week. There's no, you know, but it, it you, you got to be able to watch that game and say that game was different yeah. because we're all coming out of that game like thinking, man, you should have won that game. 
you, you, I can't believe you didn't win that game. When was the last time that Notre Dame went into an environment like that in a situation like that and was like, we played like crap and still could have and should have won, right? Not like Miami, like, oh, gee, if Brandon hits that one pass, they would have rolled, but you ended up losing by 33. It was a game where in the second half, you're like, dude, you had multiple chances to go up 10, 17 points, and you missed. It was an execution thing. It was a fundamentals thing. It wasn't a, this team wasn't ready for the moment. Same thing in the bowl game. That team yeah. came out ready to play, which is why they were up three touchdowns before, you know, in the second quarter. Yeah. But you got to finish. And that's the big thing is can this team finish? Can they finish off drives? Can they finish off quarters? Can they finish off halves? Can they finish off games? And that's where I feel like going all circling back as we wrap this up. The beginning sort of my, my monologue at the beginning was we're going to learn about this football team because, you know, how do you kind of evolve as a team? How do you how do you come out in a game against a team like this? And you get that first win. But but when does it set in right when when do you find say okay enough is enough and -hmm. we're going to take that next step and i and that's what i want to see from this team and it doesn't have anything to do with marshall that's do with notre dame marshall just hopefully is the team that has to suffer because of it you're the team that they woke up against and and to me those are those are the the parts of this team that that are going to tell us a lot you know i mean again we've seen it before you know we've seen it with other teams ohio state you know when when they finally turned a corner against you know under urban meyer i mean they they were good Urban Meyer's first couple of years, Sean, yeah. but they, I mean, if we're being honest, they lost most of the big games they played in his first couple of years. That's if true. We're being honest. I mean, yeah. you know, his first year they went 12 and 0, but Michigan was, uh, you know, an, an eight and five team that year. Their other big win that year was a Nebraska team that, that finished, you know, 10 and four. I think it was a Bo Pelini Nebraska team. They didn't play anybody good. Cause remember they weren't allowed to play in the postseason that year. Right. And then in 2013, you know, they went out and they beat Wisconsin. It was just okay. You know, they beat Michigan 42 to 41. And again, that was not a very good Michigan team. They beat a seven and six Michigan team by one point. Then they got smacked in the Big Ten title game by Michigan State. And then they got lost to Orange Bowl to Clemson. That's what Urban Meyer's first two years were. So, yeah, 24 and two. But who'd they beat the first two years? They lost to really the only two really good teams that they played. And then you come out in 2014, the year they won a title. And early in the year, they get smacked in the mouth by Virginia Tech, a not very good Virginia Tech team. And then later that year, you kind of started to see that Ohio State team just slowly start putting it together. And then sort of the coming out party was, you know, I think the Michigan State game is the is the one for me. Yeah. That was the coming out party because, like, I know the final score was what was like 49 to 37, something like that, Sean. Yeah. But if you go back and watch that game, that was one where I thought that they just kind of – it wasn't that close, in my opinion. And it was the game where Ohio State kind of finally woke up a little bit. And you're like, okay. I mean, it was 42 – yeah, I'm looking. It was 42-24, to 24, then 49-31, Michigan State scored late. That was the game where you're like, uh-oh, the light went off. The light went off. And and after that, it's like, okay, they're, their teams are in trouble. That yeah, was on the road, too. That was at yeah. Michigan State. And I think they were ranked fifth at the time, eighth at the yeah. time. Michigan State was ranked eighth at the time. Yeah. So, you know, you've, you've seen it before. You saw it with Alabama uh, really in 2009, in my opinion. I think we saw that with Bama the year that they, they won the title. I think you just kind of – there comes a time in a game where the light goes off and you're like, you know what, we're a pretty good football team, you know. And, you know, I think because, like, you got to remember, like, remember, remember 2008 – you know, Bama was a pretty good football team, but 
they ended the season very much in the same fashion that, that Ohio State ended in 2013. And that was with back-to-back losses against really the two best teams that they played. Florida smacked them pretty good in the in the SEC title game. And then Utah smacked them in the Sugar Bowl. Well, then you come out the next year in 09, and Alabama's kind of similar, you know, beat an okay Virginia Tech team, beat an okay Ole Miss team, beat South Carolina, it was okay. You know, beat, beat LSU that year, it was just kind of okay. Yep. Their coming out party was the SEC title game against a team that had kind of dominated the SEC for the previous five years. I mean, Florida was that team at the time. And it was a Tim Tebow team, and and it was an undefeated Florida team, defending national champs, and Alabama took it to them. That was the breakout party where that team finally was, you know what? We are this good. We are not just out talented people. Because the SEC wasn't that good back then, in my opinion. It really wasn't. The teams were just kind of okay. And, and, you know, then obviously that started their role. And I'm not saying Notre Dame's going to win the next, you know, seven of the next – 12 national titles but i'm just saying is there does come a game under any head coach where your team assumes its identity good or bad and and that's what we're going to learn about notre dame is when is that game going to be is it going to be this year is it going to be tomorrow is it going to be in a month is it going to be in two months but you start to show it starts to show right against teams like this and then it really comes into full fruition like against byu or clemson or something like that you know what i mean but you start to see the signs and in 2008-9, you can start to see the signs with Bama before they really kicked the door down against in the SEC title game. With Ohio right. State, you started to see the signs in 2014 before they finally kicked the door down. They're like, uh-oh, this team is getting close to, to, to really getting to that next level. And then, bam. And then, of course, a month later, they beat Wisconsin 59-0, a good Wisconsin team 59 to nothing in the, in the Big Ten title game. And then just took it to Bama in the second half of that game yeah. And then, of course, went and destroyed Oregon. So the light goes on at some point in time, but it slowly starts to build. It's not like you're just mediocre, mediocre, mediocre. Bam, you beat Florida in the SEC title game. Well, you had to get to yeah. the SEC title game. So right. you clearly started showing yourself before, but it was that game. So we need to start seeing those steps to Notre Dame on Saturday where those things get defined, and that's what I'm curious to see. I think we will see some of those yes. things answered, though. I hope so. I, 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 I sure hope so. Yeah. I sure hope so. Now we're gonna have a, some. We're gonna have a little bit of a Q and A afterwards, and we do have some super stickers. Tim Opal, thank you very, very much, buddy. Appreciate that very, very much. Uh, we did have another super sti- a super sticker earlier from Rob Osgood. Appreciate that very much, Rob. He said here is a small donation for the tailgate. Can't make it down here in North Carolina. Well, hopefully we'll get a chance to bump into you when we're at the North Carolina game. So, Sean, that's gonna do it for the Notre Dame versus uh, Marshall predictions but we got a lot more coming up because we're going to get into the big games of the weekend and then after that we're going to have a mailbag a little quick mailbag so uh get those questions in as well and uh you know before we transition do us a favor hit that like button everybody hit that subscribe button hit that notification bell and share this podcast Mm-hmm.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.